This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. We're talking about what does the Bible say about the Comforter? The Comforter. You ever heard of him? Yeah? All right. We'll give you a scripture right away, and then we'll talk a little bit about this uh, subject of the Comforter tonight. And we pray that you'll get some great things out about it. John 15, 26 is a scripture I want to start with tonight. And it says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. There's a lot said in that scripture right there. Because you can see the Comforter is something that's going to come. And he says, whom I will send. Who is, who is I? That's the Lord Jesus. Whom I will send unto you. From who? From God the Father. Even, what is he all about? He's the Spirit of truth. Now, he's called several things. And we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, and he shall testify of me. In other words, he will show people exactly what Christ is all about. He'll remind people that ministry of the Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about. I'm so glad that we're not alone. I'm so thankful that we have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is what it's called here in this particular verse, and it's God's Spirit is what it is. And so many people, when you think of a Comforter, what do you think about? I'm reminded when I was a boy, we had that down-filled blanket that kept us warm. That's also called a comforter. When I was growing up in the house I lived in, me and my four brothers, we lived upstairs with no heat. And when it got cold in the wintertime, it got real cold up there. But we had that comforter we'd be able to wrap ourselves up in and keep us warm. Some kind, somehow that kind of made us feel secure when we had that. Not only keeping us warm, but it made us feel secure from things that were going on outside. But the comforter that I'm talking about is the one that Jesus told us about. He told the disciples about it, and we have in the scriptures, many scriptures about the comforter. Just before Jesus faced that ordeal that would lead him to the cross, he came and promised his disciples. He gathered because he knew what they were going to feel like. Can you imagine being with Jesus and walking with Jesus and the ministry of Jesus? And then all of a sudden, Jesus telling them, fellas, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again, but I'm going away. And they were heartbroken and they were distraught. They, they didn't know what to do. But he said, but I tell you what. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. And so that's what he promised those disciples. But I'm so thankful it's not just for those disciples, but it's for us too. All of us that are saved. And if you know as a Christian, you know how important it is to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Boy, I'm so thankful for him every day. And he does so many things for us that we want to see some of those things tonight. John 14, 16, 
He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you. Now, here's a great, great verse. Forever. Aren't you thankful it wasn't a short-term thing? <laughs> it wasn't just a few days after Jesus left, but it was forever. And I'm so thankful that Christ, he would go away and he would send that helper that we would need. And it would remain for with us forever. It has been over 2,000 years and Christ is no longer here visibly for us to see him. He's not here visibly to walk up to you and put his hand on your shoulder and comfort you. But he didn't want to leave us that way. He knew we would face a lot of things in this world. He knew a lot of things would come upon us that we had to deal with. And he said, I'm not going to leave you to deal with that alone. But I'm going to send you that comforter, that helper that's going to be here for believers while you're here on this earth. And it's like that security blanket. He wraps his arms around us. He's in us. He's with us. He's, he's talking to us and leading us. If you'll just listen to him. And he strengthens us and he supports us every step of the way. Now, some of the things that the Bible says about this comforter, number one, the Comforter is also called the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, called all these things in the Word of God, and it intercedes for us. The act of mediating between two parties, that's what an interceder does. It mediates, and he does. He mediates between us and Christ and God, and he helps us with things that are going on in our life. And many times, we'll find out even tonight, we don't even know how to say things and talk about things and pray for things. I'm so thankful the Comforter, the Holy Spirit's there to help us do that. And He does. So uh, look at Romans 8.26. We'll look, put those on the screen. I have it on your outline there. And we'll look at 27 and 28. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You know, we can... We can almost just sit down and make a list of things that the Holy Spirit does. And one of them is, a great thing here, is it helps our infirmities. Things that we have going on in our life. He's there as a helper for that. Now, what else does this verse say? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's not to say that we don't know how to pray. You know, as Christians, we, we know how to pray, and we pray every day. I, I'm sure you do many times a day. It, whether it's a short prayer, a long prayer, or during your time you have set aside. But the thing is this, you know and I know there have been times when we have had things so drastic and so suddenly happen in our life, we, we just didn't know how to put it in words right away. Maybe someone, have you ever had someone share a need with you and you thought, man, just tell me how to pray for that. I don't really don't know how to pray. That's why the pastor spends time with a, with a prayer list and he, he talks to you about what's going on in people's life and we don't have time to, so many needs, we just don't have time to go through all of those things. But all of them are important. And people are going, and maybe you're looking at that list and saying, I, I don't know how to pray for that person. But that's when we need to stop and say, Holy Spirit, help me to pray 
for whatever's going on in that life. And he will do that. He's actually going to intercede for us. And he's making, he's doing making intercession with us. He teaches us how to pray about things and what to pray for about things. Verse 27, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I think many times we have just the groaning in our hearts. We haven't really put it into words, but we, you, you've been there where you just have uh, a lot of emotions going on inside and a lot of things going on and you're thinking, boy, I, I know I need to pray about it. I know I need to ask the Lord for something about it. I know I need to say something to God about it, but I just don't know where to start. Well, that's when the Holy Spirit can come in. And he can make that intercession prayer for us. So we're thankful that he's there to do that. And I tacked on that last verse because we all know this, this verse 28. And I like it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. I believe these other things that we don't know how to pray about. We don't know what to say. We, we're not really got a grasp on it. I'm so thankful that we can stand back and say, Holy Spirit, you help me. And guess what? All the things are going to work together for good. They're going to work out because the Holy Spirit's on our side and he's working that side. He's given us strength. He's given us that source that we need. Number two, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that the Comforter would be sent. He did it in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29 should come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So that's a prophecy all the way back in the Old Testament that this Holy Spirit, this comforter would come. And so he had, he did come and we'll talk about how he came, verse 29, and also upon the servants and the handmaids in, their, in those days will I pour out my spirit. You know, I, I didn't have time to continue that thought here tonight, but I was thinking about what the Lord Jesus said, that, that come unto me all ye that thirst and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, and I will pour out my spirit. You know, that pouring is something that happens to the believer, and that spirit is upon us. Number three, the comforter would come after Christ had ascended to heaven. Now, we talk about the things that he's going to do. He's going to teach spiritual things. He's going to help believers remember spiritual things. That's an important thought to think about. Have you ever been talking to someone, and you all of a sudden... You felt that you knew the scripture that you needed to share with that person. Guess where that came from? That came from that Holy Spirit. And he, liked, he brought that scripture to your memory. And it was something that that person needed right then and right there. And so we find here uh, that this particular thing that he's going to do here, the comforter, look at John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you how many things? All things. And bring all things to your remembrance. 
whatsoever I have said unto you. I don't know about you, but the older I get, I need a lot of help with remembrance. <laughs> you know, you ever walked in a room and say, well, I don't even remember what I came in here for, you know, <laughs> all the time. Lay something down. You know, put your glasses on top of your head. You're walking around looking for them, and they're on top of your head. You know, and, and so I'm thinking, you know what, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me remember some things. And he will do that. He'll help you remember. He'll help you remember people that have talked about needs that you need to pray for. He'll help you remember things in the Word of God. So he helps us remember the things that Christ said in his Word. And that's what's very important to us. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Christ was talking to his disciples. And he was saying, listen, it, it's important for me to go away so that I can send the comforter unto you. And that's what he said. For if I go not away, then the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. It was a very necessary thing that Christ needed to emphasize not only in that day, but for us to read today and realize, hey, we have that comforter. We have that Holy Spirit with us. And the Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 4, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called into one hope of your calling. The Holy Spirit is the life and the breath of the body of Christ. It's what we have to have today. It's what we need to survive along our Christian walk today. We're depending on Christ. We know that the Lord is watching over us. We know that the Lord is hearing us. But every day walk that we have on this earth, we can't look and see Christ ourselves with our visible eyes. But we can realize we have the Holy Spirit to help us. The minute we wake up of a day, He's there for us till, till we go to sleep at night. But we need to realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that's bringing the life and the breath of the body to each member of the body as well. That's why we, we've often said, I don't like a dead church. I like a spirit-filled church. Amen? I like where the Spirit is moving in our church and moving in people's lives because He wants to do that. And I think that's when we'll see some great things happen is when we allow the Spirit of God to have its way and move upon hearts. That's why we've been seeing, I think, the things that we have just recently so much here in our church, and we thank the Lord for that. Uh, Ephesians 4, 8, Wherefore he hath said, when he ascended on high, he led captive, captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. The Holy Spirit is helping us with our gifts. I'm so thankful for people that have gifts of preaching and teaching, gifts of helping people, it's just all kind of gifts that we have. We don't have to sit back and think, well, only the people on the platform can be used of God. No way. All of us can be used of God. We all have special gifts we can do. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can do this. Not everybody can do that. But there are things that we need to do. The Holy Spirit impresses upon us. And we realize, hey, I'm needed to do that for the Lord. And he helps us with those gifts that he has given us. Uh, John 16, verse 13 and 14. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, 
Notice this, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. And listen, in this world we live in, we need some guidance along the way. I mean, some things really sound genuine. Some things really sound good, and they look good. But not everything that looks good and sounds good is from the Word of God. <laughs> it's Not everything in this world, most of it's not. And that's when we need to step back and say, wait a minute, I don't have a peace about that. I need a peace about what I'm doing, what I'm deciding, where I'm going, and what I'm saying here. What I'm, and where are we going to get that peace from? From the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give us that peace that we know, uh, the thing. He'll guide us into all truth. Now listen, it said, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Folks, we're getting a message straight from the throne from the Holy Spirit. I mean, that you can't get it from a better place. And he will help us. Verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Spirit will lead us into a complete knowledge of truth. I'm so thankful that the Lord isn't about trying to hide something from us, but he's about trying to enlighten us and let us know what's going on in our life. Number five, the comforter points to glorify Christ. John 15, 26, when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. The Spirit you know, I believe this. The Spirit helps us with our testimony. Amen? Our testimony. A lot of times that's what people need to hear, what the Lord has done for us. And if you'll let the Holy Spirit guide you with your words and your testimony, what a difference it can make in someone's life. It's not really what you're speaking, but it's what the Lord wants you to speak to them. So He will help us in that area as well. Number six. Only the saved can receive him. Only the saved. The comforter lives inside of a believer. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth, and notice what the word says, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But now he turns talks to the Christian, but you know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. You see the difference there? What the Holy Spirit does to a non-Christian, the only thing they're going to do, he's going to do is convict them, bring them under conviction, that they, and draw them. And then they make that decision for Christ. And at that point, they make that decision for Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in. And he indwells that believer. So it's very important that we know that. No wonder many times... We talk to people in this world, they don't understand things spiritually. They don't understand even, they think we're crazy many times when we talk about the, the Lord and what he's doing in our life. Because it says that they, it doesn't dwell in them. But we pray for them that they'll come to that knowledge and be saved and be able to have the Holy Spirit. John 7, 38, 39, He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know, I found it so interesting. Joel said he would pour out, and now here comes the rivers, the rivers of living water. So we get satisfied from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, satisfies our life, and then we're a channel 
to let that flow out of us and have an effect on someone else. You know, as Christians, we shouldn't bottle it up. And when, it, when you know that the Lord wants you to speak to someone about him, about him we need to open our mouth and do it. When, he, when you know he wants us to do a deed for him, then we need to get busy and do it. Pray about someone, we need to get in on our knees and do it. Because we're being led by the Spirit to do these things, and we can become a blessing to someone else. John 7, 29. But this he spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not given yet, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7, 39. Old Testament-wise, we find that the Holy Spirit came upon people. It came upon people. Many times the disciples would lay their hands on and said, Receive ye the Lord, and the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Now we find that Christ promised that it would come to live inside of a person. Acts 2, 38, 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see what happened there? Repent. Now, listen, he's not saying here that he's not linking baptism to salvation. We don't believe that. It just I think the pastor just mentioned it a couple of times earlier, that you can that water back there is not going to save one person. It's not going to wash away their sins. But that, that baptism means they have already asked the Lord to come in their heart. They've already received the Lord, and they're following the Lord in believer's baptism. So we find here that Peter is just telling him, hey, you need to repent. You need to accept the Lord here. So verse 39, for the promises unto you and your children, to all them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Acts 10, 45, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many came with Peter because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. That number seven has the Jews were really surprised that the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the Gentiles. You see, they thought it was just going to be something for them. But it was, they also received this, the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If ye thee being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? One of the most precious gifts given by God is the Holy Spirit. That's a precious gift. And we need to realize it's something for us to use every day and depend upon every day. It's the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13, in whom also, in whom ye also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 1.13, sealed. You know what that means? That means that God set a mark on us. That means ownership. We belong to the Lord. He says, you're mine now. And as a result of being mine, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, a great gift that's going to lead you and comfort you and help you and support you all along the way. Number eight, it was the Holy Ghost that enabled the early church to speak to others in the language that they had not heard. 
You know, the Holy Spirit was had a given ability, was able to reach others in different languages with the gospel. The gift was given to prove to them that, hey, you know what? Christ has come in your life. This is a proof of it. Acts 2, 4, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened in that, in that upper room? The various languages spoken in those tongues corresponded with the nationalities that were all there that day. They began to hear their language. They begin to understand their gospel and their language. That's something great that the Holy Spirit did that day. Number nine, the gift stopped when the Bible was given to the people. Notice what 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10 says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Tongues were, you know, tongues were never mentioned again in the New Testament after this warning here. For we know in part, in verse 9, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, and there was only one perfect, that was Jesus, then that which is in part shall be done away with. So the Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is doing a specific job. <clears throat> Number 10, some teach the Holy Spirit goes from our lives when we sin and comes back when we are good. Some people teach that. The Bible does not teach that. The comforter never leaves a person. Now, the comforter can be grieved. The comforter can, uh, at some point, we have done something that he's not able to work in our lives like he, like he wants to. And that's what some of these verses tell us. Because one, I've already told you, John 14, 16, he'll give you another comfort that he may abide with you forever. But verse 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth in you. Now, verse 18 says it like this, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So it's not he's going to take him away from us, but as many times we can do things that will quench the spirit in our life. Quench that. Have you ever been in a service maybe sometime when you felt like some disturbance happened, something happened, and it just put a whole damper on the service? That's what can happen. It can quench what's going on. That's why it's very important even at invitation time, which people don't realize that's the most important time. That's when people get ready to make decisions for their life and hear people getting up and getting their coats on and getting their Bible ready and doing, making all this noise. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, what he's trying to do, has been distracted by things that are going on around us. So it's very important that we do that. But Ephesians 4.30 says this, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. So it wasn't like he took the seal off of us. We're still sealed. But many times we can grieve him. How can we grieve him? How can we do that? 
because I believe the Holy Spirit's a very sensitive person. But many times we can grieve him by the deeds, by words that we say, by things that we do. That's why it's very important to realize, hey, maybe I'm not doing something that's, that's helping. Maybe I'm hurting. So many times we have to, like I said, go back and say, Holy Spirit, help me do, do the right thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Spirit. We should never quench the Spirit. We should never stifle the Spirit when He's trying to work in our people's lives. I've been witnessing to someone and had someone else alongside of me, and then all of a sudden they just change a subject and they start talking about something else, and I'm looking at them like, wait a minute, what are you doing? This person's listening to to me leading them to, to Christ, they can really make a decision, and you've, you've changed the subject. You've quenched the Spirit. So it's very important that we don't do that as well. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Oh, I'm so thankful for that gift that He's given us. We need Him. We need to depend upon Him. We need to rely upon Him and realize that He's there for us every day. He's in us. That's what the Bible has to say about the Comforter. Amen? Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.